Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. And I always ask myself two questions. Have you given 100% in your preparation for tonight? We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. We just witnessed a thunderstorm here in Chicago, but we're hanging in there. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My guest is the great Dan Russell. Dan was a four-time NCAA Division II champ for Portland State. He hated Pat Smith, his first collegiate loss in Pat Smith's first collegiate match. Uh, Dan pinned Pat. They went on to wrestle four times. Dan won three of those, but Pat won where it mattered at the 1990 Nationals. We talk about that as well as a number of other points in Dan's career. Hope you enjoy it. As you can imagine, this was recorded in part for our research on the Smith Brothers. We're releasing an audio documentary this January called The Smiths in partnership with USA Wrestling and the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. So part of this interview will be used in that audio documentary. Moving on. Fan of the Week goes to Paul Bradley. Subject on my 25th episode, Gable, Jensen, Davis, Tannenbaum, Ference. Among my favorites, can't believe I didn't find this podcast sooner. Amazing content and guest, Paul Bradley. Paul, coming from a stud like you, two-time All-American for the Hawks, that means a lot. Thank you, my friend. Folks, last but not least, this episode is brought to you by... Kind of a one-off request this week, folks. This is brought to you by Gable Gold Dual Meat Tournament. That's coming up November 13th through the 15th in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It's sponsored by Silver Star Nutrition... And it's the Gable Gold Dual Meat Tournament, November 13th through the 15th in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. All kinds of divisions are giving out singlets, all kinds of goodies. Check it out. Google Gable Gold, G-A-B-L-E-G-O-L-D, Dual Meat, November 13th through the 15th. That's it, folks. Let's give it up for the great and powerful Dan Russell. Peace! Dan Russell, how are you, sir? Hey, it is great to be with you, and I'm doing really well. Thank you. And for the folks who aren't watching, just go ahead and introduce yourself, uh, where you're from, where you're at now, and kind of some of the things you've done in wrestling. Uh, Dan Russell. I'm uh, from the Northwest, born in Idaho, and, uh, but spent most of my life in the great state of Oregon. Uh, uh, had, a, had a great uh, 
season of wrestling there, incredible coaches, incredible teammates, opportunity. I think, you know, uh, what makes people great is the people around you. Mm-hmm. And I, I had amazing people around me, coaches, athletes, competitors, um, a great club. And, uh, um, and competed at Portland State University. I uh, had a great career there at Portland State. Uh, then uh, moved to Colorado Springs with my family, and we were there for five years at the Olympic Training Center, uh, competed at the Olympic level, and uh, um, enjoyed that season as well. And then moved into the coaching coaching world. And currently, I live in the Middle East. I'm living in Jordan, and I'm uh, running an organization here called Wrestling for Peace, partnered with USA Wrestling and uh, looking at the big idea is this is to wrestle is to struggle and overcome. And uh, I'm of the belief that if you're born and living on this side of eternity, uh, life's a struggle. So you're a wrestler. And uh, whether you've ever uh, walked in the middle of the ring and shook hands with somebody, you're in a wrestling match. Life is a wrestling match. But I believe this wrestlers have something to uh, share with those in the struggle in life. Uh, in, in how to have persevere, how to go through hard things, how to embrace hard things, how to not be afraid of challenges, how to be willing to take on the hardest challenges. Uh, I think all those things rest, wrestling teaches. So how do we as the wrestling family come alongside those in the wrestling match of life and encourage them to overcome? So working with uh, the Wrestling Federation here in Jordan, also uh, working with the, the entire region over here, and looking at ways that we can come alongside partnering the wrestling family with the struggles. Uh, and as you know, uh, this part of the world, uh, there are lots of struggles. There's a lot of challenges. Hmm. But I think wrestling provides a, a, an opportunity to bring connection and relationship. So it's, uh, um, we've been here now one year. And I'm working on my language skills and, and uh, who would have thought at my age, I'd be trying to learn one of the most difficult languages on the planet. And I'm often feel like I'm on my back bridging and, uh, but we're, you know, you wake up the next day and you're, you're back in the fight. You're battling. That's, that's I, I like that. Now let's jump back to, uh, and, and for folks who don't know, the Dan and Joe Russell story is huge in length it's motivational it's it's impactful um we're not going to go over every detail today but certainly look up joe russell who's dan's older brother older brother right actually i'm the older one you're the older Uh, one my my brother is a we're a year and a week and a half apart we are raised as 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 twins got it so we went through first grade all the way through together and and uh um but he's my younger brother but he's my hero and there you go. he is an amazing man. And I would say, I concur with what you just said. Look up the Joe Russell story. It is uh, absolutely inspiring. You will not find a, a man that um, is a better man to, to look to for, for uh, wise counsel and advice. Uh, he is a wrestling fanatic. You talk about somebody that just is passionate about wrestling and helping people succeed. Um, I'm very proud of, very proud of my brother. Indeed. It's, it's an awesome story. And you've wrote a book, Finish Strong, which details, it's your memoir, essentially. But we're going to focus some time today on the Portland State days, because you were part of a, uh, you know, 
a, a dynasty, I guess, if you will. Um, Coach Gran, uh, you guys won two national titles and you there. You were there. You were a four-time national champ, which, uh, you know, I'm from the same hometown as Tim Wright, who went to SIU. And, you know, he was he, the first. He was the he first, was the baby. First. No one knows yes, that. Was. Thank you. Um, <laughs> he so was Tim, the first. I followed him. I, I got to be the second. Uh, it's no fun being the second guy. It's always the best to be the first. And Tim, Tim Wright was the one that opened the door to say this can be done. Mm-hmm. Amen. So you, uh, one of the, you and your brother both, one of the two of the top high school wrestlers in the country, uh, your brother potentially maybe all time. So you had offers from all over. Um, and the reason I mentioned that is some people might say, why did Dan Russell go to a Division II school when he easily could have gone to the to the creme de la creme of D1 schools. So how did you get to Portland State to start with? And what was the draw there? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. And, and I will tell you from the time I was born, there was only one school my dad ever talked about with wrestling. And that was Oklahoma State. Um, and as you know, Oklahoma State had been a perennial powerhouse and, and uh, the wrestling history at Oklahoma State was, was huge. Uh, um, I had uh, full rides at, at Iowa, Oklahoma State, Minnesota. I mean, all the all the powerhouses at the time. I went and did my official visits. Um, uh, in my mind, though, I had always because my dad had always talked about Oklahoma State. I I thought I'm gonna be a cowboy. I'm gonna go wrestle for Oklahoma State. That was the dream. Um, but you know, the 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 situation, circumstances that came around with my brother uh, as People research the story and, and get to hear a little bit of my brother's journey. My brother was in a very serious motorcycle accident. And uh, he was at the time um, in, in rehab. Um, they told us seven reasons he shouldn't have lived. He should have died instantly. Uh, they, they didn't give us a great prognosis. And my, brother, my brother's story is a miracle. And um, I mean, we could talk all day about my brother's story. But... The point for me was there was a place where I thought, you know, if I leave and go out of state, I'm going to talk to my family. I know my family. They're, they're optimists. They're going to say everything's great, but I'm not going to know it firsthand. And uh, I felt like I needed to be close to my brother and watch, uh, watch him through his recovery process, be there for the family. And looking at all the options and looking at all the places, um, you know, Marlon Grand came and picked me up. I didn't even visit Portland State. It wasn't even one of my visits. I hadn't seen the campus, uh, which literally was 20 minutes away from my home. He came and picked me up. We went for a little drive in a car. And uh, Marlon just said this simply. He said, I would love for you to come wrestle for me at Portland State, but I, I want you to know we can't offer you what – what the schools uh, that you know you have opportunities to go to but i will tell you this i will do everything i can in my power to help you uh, make world teams olympic teams whatever you need to do in that and he said i will do everything within the ncaa uh, regulations and within the ncaa rule books um, and he he was so genuine uh with the way that he talked with me as well as uh sharing the integrity as a coach that he wouldn't, he wouldn't bend rules, break rules that he was going to follow these parameters, but he would give me the best opportunities that I could. And that if I needed to go on a trip in the middle of the season with the, with the national team to travel overseas, uh, right in the middle of the college season, he said, I, I will let you uh, pursue that dream. 
And, uh, and I came back from that and thought, you know, that is a coach I could wrestle for. And um, I think the gift that Marlon Grand gave me of all, he, he's an amazing man, but the greatest gift that I got from him is Marlon is the guy that loves wrestling. And uh, we didn't go to a tournament where Marlon wasn't the last guy to leave the gym. Uh, even if every, every one of our guys were out, Marlon was going to stay and watch the last match of that tournament uh, because he loved it. And his passion for wrestling was contagious. Uh, we would sit in his office and we'd talk about wrestling and we'd hear the stories of the late, great Rick Sanders mm. who wrestled at Portland State and Doc Westcott, who was the head coach at Portland State at the time with Rick Sanders would come in and you just, you, you're getting to be a part of a place that had history, a great history, first world champion in the U.S. Uh, history, Rick Sanders, uh, 1967. Um, but you were, you're also getting to be a part of making history. Um, and uh, we had a great team uh, assembled there. Again, great workout partners, great coaches, and great competition. So how many, when you guys won the team title in 89, you had five champs. Were those the only five that made it to nationals or did you have a full team that was going and scoring points? Yes. We had five guys make, make, make the trip. And uh, that trip was a disaster from the beginning. Uh, we had flights canceled. We missed flights. Uh, our all, none of our luggage showed up. Every one of us were... Uh, uh, way overweight, I mean, we had uh, big problems, huge problems. Um, we arrived there. I, we're we're cutting weight in a towel because uh, we got we got nothing. Um, the hotel when we arrived because we arrived so late because of all the cancellations, they canceled us. So we didn't we didn't have our hotel. We had to travel way. I think it was an hour and a half or two hours out of town to find a place that we could stay. We got in a car wreck. Uh, I mean, <laughs> everything that you could think that could go wrong went wrong, but the wrestling. And uh, the five of us uh, just, I, I think, with all of the outside things that were going on, really uh, focused us to just... Uh, be fixed on on wrestling and uh, and competing and and none of us wanted to be the guy that lost and and we just kind of got on a roll and uh, and then in the finals there we were one after one after one after one um, I, you know winning four titles was 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 great but I tell you winning a team title uh, with your friends is uh, even even greater. Uh, it's not something you go home that you did alone, but it's something that you, it's a shared experience together. And that, that, that team effort, when a team uh, from, from the guy that's battling through the consolations and battling back to, I mean, it, it, there's just something special about a group of people that say we're, we're committed to something that's bigger than just ourselves. And uh, that was kind of the experience that year for us. It's just crazy that you, you took five, all five won, all five were from Oregon. I mean, who, I had no idea about this, this story until I started researching this morning of, of the two titles you guys won in 89 and 90. It's, it's awesome. You know? Yeah, it was, it was really a, a, a unique experience that I, I'm, 
you know, I, when you're looking at where are you going to go, uh, where are you going to wrestle, and trying to make the best decision, uh, the, the, the thing that I, I felt I needed to commit to when I said yes to Portland State was um, that I shouldn't look back and wonder what if, that if this is where I'm saying yes to, then say yes and make that yes count. Um, and do, do what you can to be the best that you can be with what you've been given. And uh, so said yes there, glad that I said yes there, uh, loved wrestling under Marlon Gron. Uh, uh, what a gift, not just to Portland State. He's been a gift to wrestling in, in our state, but also he's a Hall of Fame coach and uh, I think a gift to the sport of wrestling. I, I'd love to, to learn more about him at some point. I mean, he sounds like just, a, like you said, a diehard, someone who's you know, not doing it for himself. He's doing it for wrestling. So I really enjoyed reading about him. Now, January 1990, You've won two national titles. Portland State is the defending national champs. Okie State comes to town. Was the duel at uh, Portland State University or was it somewhere else? It was at Portland State University. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a night we, 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 had a great, we had a great duel with Oklahoma State. Uh, um, the only thing that, I, you know, I wish could have happened is, you know, one of our teammates, a man that I, I dearly love and respect, uh, Travis West, who has passed away. Um, uh, he was in the hospital that night because he was sick, uh, sick with what ended up eventually uh, um, taking his life. Uh, same, same disease Walter Payton had. Mm. Um, and I, I could tell you a lot about Travis. Uh, he was an amazing, amazing man. But here's our guy. He's an Olympian. Uh, he's amazing. He was not in our lineup that night. And if he had been in that lineup, I guarantee you, we would have went five and five with the defending uh, national champs, Oklahoma State. And, and I think uh, because of the, 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 the wins with the pins and, and those things, I think, I think we had a shot at winning that duel. And uh, uh, it's pretty special. Man, so t take me into the gym. What color were the mats? Uh, was the arena full? Was it empty? What was the atmosphere like in that gym in 1990? You know, Oklahoma State, and what I love about Oklahoma State and why uh, um, they're such a, a great program is they've got great fans behind them, the support around them. And, and Oklahoma State comes to town, they're defending champs. The gym was packed. The mats were green because that's Portland State, the, the Vikings at the time. And, and uh, um, boy, I miss the fact that Portland State dropped wrestling uh, yeah. with the rich history that they have there because events like that just show uh, what, what the potential is there. Uh, it was electric. Uh, people were on their feet. Uh, uh, it was a great night. Even though we lost the duel, it was a great night. And, and I think that night, it was clear that Portland State uh, was, a, was a solid team at any level. And yeah, it was a really fun night. And what was your perception of John Smith going into that meet? Was he a star at that point or not yet? John Smith was a superstar. He was a superstar that night. And John, John was, uh, you know, obviously sitting in the corner as the coach, but yeah, he, he, uh, um, American hero. Uh, you're talking about, a, 
Um, someone that I think everyone in the wrestling world respects. Someone that has done amazing things. You know, I was I was at a wrestling camp. Uh, we were doing a, a camp together, and John was, you know, obviously one of the main headliners. And and uh, um, John is was such an unassuming wrestler and just tough as nails. And 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 uh, his technique, his strategy, his his uh, um, his game plan. He was going to compete. And, and you had to know you're going to be a battle if, in a battle if you're going to go against John. And uh, he's showing uh, this little move that he does called the low single. Now, anybody that knows John Smith and wrestling knows he, he's pretty good with it. I remember one of the kids looking at him saying, oh, that'll never work. I, John, you know, had won a couple Olympic gold medals and, and a few uh, world championships in between those. And, and – <laughs> I'll never forget John. Look at this young guy uh, uh, with this. No, it works. <laughs> it works at, at the highest level. And uh, um, uh, you know what? What an honor it is for us as a, as as a wrestling family to be able to be around people like the Smith family. Um, um, to be able to be a part of a camp where John Smith's uh, teaching technique and to be able to sit there and take notes and to watch him interacting with kids. And, and uh, I think that's one of the things that I love about wrestling is you know, you'll see a guy that will, will win a match and a guy come over that lost say, what did you do? How did you do that? And you'll see them get down there. Well, I did this and you want to do, I, we learn from each other. We grow from wrestling. And uh, you know, I tell, I tell my wrestlers this, I want you to love wrestling more than winning. And if you love wrestling more than winning, winning is going to take care of itself. But if you love winning more than wrestling, you're going to quit. It's too hard. You're going to get discouraged. I, I've seen how many state champions come out of high school and they start college and it's a whole nother level. And you're starting back at the bottom. And they loved winning more than they loved wrestling. So they, 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 they end up quitting the sport that I think uh, – they could have had great success in, but they stopped too soon. Mm. Love wrestling. Embrace the struggle. Embrace the challenge. Love wrestling more than winning, and winning will take care of itself. Um, so, uh, yeah, the Smith brothers—they're heroes in 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 our uh, in our sport, and I, I think they're uh, uh, people that obviously uh, the wrestling family, uh, and especially as an Americans uh, wrestling family, we ought to be proud and celebrate uh, the success that they've had, not just as athletes, but now as coaches. Um, you know, I was, I was uh, a couple years ago, I was in Arkansas. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, Pat Smith has moved to Arkansas, was working with the team there. And Pat didn't know that I was in town and I showed up at his, at his club and I'm dressed in a, at the time I had a meeting, I was in a suit and I had my dress shoes on and, and I broke the cardinal rule, but I, I did it intentionally. Uh, I walked in the gym and I walked on the mats with my, with my dress shoes on, my suit. And I'm walking towards Pat and I, I'm watching his face and I, I could see the look on his face like, who is this old guy walking in on my mats in those dress shoes? And, uh, and I got about five feet from him and all of a sudden, he recognized me and um, um, 
it's a moment I won't forget. I, I, we obviously embrace each other. Wrestling, the thing that I also love about wrestling is it teaches respect between your opponents. I mean, Pat was obviously one of, one of uh, the opponents that I faced a lot, uh, thought about a lot, trained a lot to, to prepare to compete against. And, and yet here we are now, two old guys, and we're embracing each other in a wrestling room. And, and then he took me around and showed me what they're doing there. And the, the, the amount, what he's done in Arkansas, there, uh, the level of wrestling and the improvement that's happened there, it's remarkable. And uh, you just look at you know, how, many, how many guys have been very successful on the map, but, but not taken their success that they had and, and helped others become mm -hmm. successful. And uh, I, I, I got to tell you, it was a proud moment for me to go, here's Pat Smith making a difference in these uh, young young lives changing lives through the sport of wrestling and and doing a a, a really good job so uh, it's wrestling gets put you around those kinds of people yeah uh, people that, that not only were champions but produced champions and, and it's amazing it's a, I mean, I'm from Illinois and we love our wrestling here in the Midwest. They have more colleges that wrestle in Arkansas now because of Pat. Um, and I know there's some other guys involved, but you know, mainly Pat driving that. So did you know, when did you find out that night that Pat was going to pull his red shirt against you? And were you familiar with him before that? You know, it was, uh, it, you know, the Smith brothers. I mean, I, uh, Leroy. So Leroy was one of the main recruiters when I went to Oklahoma state. Hmm. And, uh, um, you know, Leroy, John, Pat, uh, everyone, <laughs> the, the list goes on and on uh, with, with the Smith family and their, their wrestling accolades. Um, you know, it, it, it surprised me that that happened. They had a, a pretty good guy at that weight that, you know, I battled against uh, Jeff McAllister, uh, who was a stud. Um, that they they put Pat in in place of, and then Pat transferred, I think, to Fresno State um, and wrestled for them. Um, and you beat uh, him freshman. in the quarters to get to Pat. You know that, McAllister. You beat McAllister yeah. in the quarters for Cal State Bakersfield yeah. to get to yeah. Pat, and like yeah. that's the guy who Pat no, beat out. That's Cal crazy. State. That's right. Yeah, yeah, no, and and Jeff, Jeff, uh, Jeff was a stud. Um, Jeff knocked me out in that match. Uh, uh, yeah, this little technique that he did, and and it uh, fortunately the the ref stopped it because uh, uh, he would have turned and it was over. I was lights were out. Um, uh, Jeff Jeff uh, Jeff was tough, um, and uh, um, yeah, so yeah, it was a surprise. Um, but you know, my thinking at the time, I, I'm in my junior year, I'm older, I'm stronger, uh, 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 his first match. Um, uh, you know, I clearly, I had a great match that night against him, but then I wrestled him again shortly after that. And it was a, it was a lot closer match than that first night. Um, and I, I think, I think by the time we got to the NCAAs, uh, Pat was, extremely well coached in in the his strategy the score that our match that we had in at the ncaa's was uh it, it, it was not a great score on my end but the score did not reflect uh how bad he beat me in that match uh 
it, it, uh, his strategy, the, the, his tactic, um, he, he wrestled a perfect match. And I think that's one of the things that, uh, you know, Pat went to the NCAAs, uh, he wrestled it like he wrestled any other tournament and, and Pat was one that didn't, didn't want to lose. And, um, and he was well prepared. I think he was well coached and, uh, he just went out and wrestled and, oh. and go ahead. How would you describe his style? Um, well, you know, I, the, the, the Smiths, I think all of them have the ability to change levels really, really well. Um, uh, one of the things that they did well with me in that match was, uh, I, I, I was a straight ahead. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear you out, wear you out, wear you out, wear you out, and I'm gonna pin you. Um, and, um, they'd get, I'd get them right to the edge of the mat. And uh, the way that he wrestled the edge of the mat was masterful, really. His, his strategy around that, um, he knew when he was getting in trouble, he, he, he could get out of the mat, but he would wrestle in a way that he was going to get the advantage at the edge and, and uh, get the takedown. Uh, he wrestled just a really uh, excellent match. It was uh, um, not a good time to face Pat Smith and have him have a well-executed match. So what happened in the first match? I, I know the outcome, but, you know, I've never seen videotape of it. I don't even know if there is videotape of it, but take us through the match from what you can remember. Yeah, I, I pinned him with an arm bar. I, I, a little arm bar hook that I, that I do. You know, the, the club program that I grew up in was an excellent club program. We, but we, we would focus, you know, we're four to six hours a day, six days a week as a kid. And our coach at one point said, okay, we're going to learn arm bars. And we spent four months, four to six hours a day, six days a week for four months where we did nothing but arm bars. And guess what happens at the end of those four months? You know, an arm bar. And, uh, and so I, you know, there was, there was some, some, some things, I think with the program I grew up in, and having success uh, and just being well trained in that arena, I remember grabbing, getting that armbar. I taking him down. At, John's in the corner, and he said, "You know, build a base, build a base." I got him on his belly, and I'm waiting for him to build a base so I get hit that hook, and and then took him to his back, and and uh, uh, and that was Pat's first first introduction to NCAA wrestling. And then he spent the rest of his career introducing other people to NCAA wrestling. Wow. I, I did not, uh, I didn't know how it went down in terms of the technique and the hold. And then to your point, you guys wrestled either the next day or the next two days at the Portland state invitational. Um, you said it was closer. What about that one? I'd love, love to hear how that yeah. one went. Yeah. How, what was, how did that match go through? Like walk, walk us through it. It was you know, I, I, I think I pretty much controlled the, the momentum of the match. Um, there wasn't really a point in that match where I was, I was, um, felt like I was on my heels. Uh, I think just good, but it was a good hard nosed match. I, I remember Ed Alverdi was uh, one of the famous commentators, did so many Olympic games and world championships and, he was commentating the Oregon Wrestling Classic, and it was on television. And I remember him talking about this 
refreshment and going against this junior. And um, um, nobody expected it to be as close as it was, really. Uh, and I didn't expect it to be as close as it was. Um, um, and you look at the improvement from the first night to two days later, and uh, um, and I, I, you know, I I often tell people, yeah, I wrestled Pat four times. Mm-hmm. I only talk about three of them. But here's the truth: Pat beat me when it mattered, and uh, and uh, you know, and he did it as a true freshman. And uh, what he accomplished was remarkable. And uh, uh, I have great respect for Pat. I have great respect for the way that he uh, he stepped out to compete. And I know that first night, I I, I know John was, was not happy. Uh, uh, I know they were wondering if they made the right decision in, in pulling, uh, pulling his red shirt and having him step out. I know all those questions were, were, were there that night. Um, but I mean, look at the results and, uh, um, they made the right decision. They, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. Obviously. Um, and, and there is, uh, there's some great stories that Joe C went up to him and, you know, really trashed him pretty bad after that. And then Pat made up his mind and obviously got back on the horse and, you know, the rest is history. You know, knowing uh, you were a big visualizer, you know, if we're five minutes out from the match, what is your self-talk and what thoughts are going through your head before that first match with Pat? Yeah, I, you know, I, I really tried to focus on what it is that, that I would do. I, I had a routine. I, 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 I had, I'd spent a lot of time warming up. I, I trained hard. I wrestled hard. I, I ran miles and miles and miles. Um, and so I'd make sure I'd get a good warm up before I stepped on the mat. And, and I always asked myself two questions. Two questions that I, I always felt if I could answer these two questions correctly, I'd be a champion. And, uh, and so everything that I did was preparing to that place where I'd step to the edge, edge of the mat and I'd, I'd close my eyes, I'd take a deep breath, ask myself two questions. And, and this was the questions I would ask. Have you given 100% in your preparation for tonight? And I would think back to every time I stepped my foot on the wrestling mat. Did I give 100% in my preparation? Um, uh, you know, every, every practice that I would go in, when my foot touched the mat, I would start running as soon as, as, soon as my foot hit the mat in the room and, and I would make a declaration. And I memorized this decorate, declaration and this is what I would say. Yeah! I memorized that. <laughs> uh, but what I was doing in that moment as I'm running and saying, yeah, was I was saying yes to the work. I was saying yes to the pain. I was saying yes to the struggle. I was saying yes to giving 100% in my preparation on that day. And that just was, was part of my rhythm. So the first question I always asked was, have you given 100% in your preparation? The second question, and so I always ask myself was this, are you willing now to step in the middle of that ring and give a hundred percent? 
And if I could say yes to those two questions, I was a champion whether or not my hand got raised. Because I can't do more than 100%. Mm. I, I, I can only do what I've been given. And on this day, this is what I've been given. And so I'm going to do 100% with what I have. And uh, um, sometimes what you have doesn't measure up. Sometimes what you have is you're facing somebody that uh, has just an incredible night and does everything right and everything doesn't seem to go your way. Uh, for me, it wasn't about the wins or losses. It was about making a decision to be the best I could be with what I'd been given. And th that's where I always wanted my mind frame to be. You know, high school, uh, I won four state titles, so I was undefeated in high school. The pressure that comes, uh, I mean, we even had a morning announcements at our high school that, you know, hey, come tonight, Dan Russell's going to go up two weight classes. You can wrestle the returning state champion from such and such a school. Come see tonight if he gets his first loss on his wrestling record. <laughs> and it was half the gym. Um, but the pressure of that, if it's about winning, is too much. I had to bring it back to what could I control? I couldn't control wins or losses. I couldn't control if my opponent was stronger or had more experience. I couldn't control if he was a true freshman. Not, you can't control any of those things. And so my preparation was always to focus on what can I can control? And that was my ability to say yes, to being the best I could be with what I've been given. And sometimes I got my hands raised and sometimes I didn't, but I could always walk off the mat with my head held high. Mm. And so how would you articulate that into to goal setting? So like, you know, going, that would have been your junior year. You know, what were your goals that year as a junior in college? Well, I, I mean, I, I clearly, uh, I wanted to be an NCAA division one, all American that, that, um, that was my goal. I fell short of that goal. Uh, but that, that had been a goal. Also, the Olympics was Division a goal. one All-American or national champ? I won't. I, national champ. Uh, you said All-American. Really, so I was like, you did All-American, though. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I, wanted to be, I wanted to be the champion. Uh, and, you know, I, it was in the mix. NCAAs is one of those tournaments. You're, you're, those eight guys, those All-Americans, you wrestle the match the next weekend – uh, things could change completely in a, in, in a week. It's, it's being right time, right place, right, just everything clicking. So when you look at what Pat Smith did in winning four NCAA titles, it's amazing. It, it really is amazing what he accomplished. Because, you know, four times he stepped into that gym, right place, right time, right preparation, right attitude, um, didn't let the pressure get to him. I, there, winning your first title is great. The second, the third, the fourth, it's a whole nother pressure. It's a, uh, there's a different, there's a different weight that's on your shoulders. And, uh, um, and he was consistent and he did it. And you talk about the NCAA tournament Pat doing it four times, it's really 12 times because it's a three-day tournament and each day is kind of separate and distinct from the next day because you warm up, you stop, you warm up, you stop. For someone who's never, who's just like the layman wrestling fan, doesn't know what the NCAs are all about, how would you kind of describe the format of it, the three days, and, and just how grueling it is of a tournament? 
Uh, it, it's grueling. It's emotional. Uh, I, I can tell you this. You know, I, that tournament was just a couple years ago for me. Uh, in fact, I had a full head of hair back then. And it, my hair wasn't blonde. But I still today wake up in the middle of the night having dreams about that match and about that tournament. Um, uh, it's intense. And, and you look at the amount of uh, great athletes at the high school level and the percentage that actually get to go on and compete at the NCAA level. And then you look at the percentage of those that actually get to wrestle in that tournament. Um, every person you face out there, every time you shake hands, you're, you're going to be in a battle. I mean, you're not going to get somebody that hasn't spent thousands of hours on the wrestling mat. Um, so yeah, the, 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 the competition, the competitiveness, the, the, the preparation, I mean, you got two warriors that are trained warriors, um, that have spent, you know, their, their, their life. I, I won my first state championship when I was five years old in the eight and under division. Um, and you just grow up around the sport and, and, and it's all for that moment. I mean, years and years and years of, of dedication, of blood, sweat, tears, of embracing hard things. And uh, uh, there's not a person that competes at that Division I NCAA tournament that uh, doesn't have a long list of accolades behind them from years and years and years of wrestling. And how did it come to be, or how did you, how did a Division II wrestler qualify for the Nationals back then? So I was the very last wrestler from the Division II level to get to compete at the Division I level. Um, and, uh, um, and so I got grandfathered in. They changed the rules after I had gone to Portland State. Um, you know, we had another, you know, a great wrestler who just passed away this year who, was another man that I greatly respect, uh, Carlton Hasselrig, um, who was a great example, I think, for us at the Division II level, say, yeah, you can do this. Um, and he was one of those guys who took you under your wing and encouraged you and uh, was, um, yeah, a great man. But um, so I was the last guy to get to, to do that, to compete at that level. And And it's one of the things I love about wrestling is wrestling has always been a sport that, you can go as far as you want to go because it's, it's up to the amount of work and the time and the, the effort that you give. And, and that, uh, you know, some of my, some of my best competition were some NAIA wrestlers. Mm -hmm. uh, I wrestled, I wrestled some studs. I remember losing to a guy three to two. I couldn't believe that I lost to him. I just, it shocked me. How, how could I lose to this guy? guy from Simon Fraser, Chris Wilson, a few months later, he was, gets a silver medal at the world championships. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess he, he's pretty good. <laughs> uh, um, or know, even that and, guy and you wrestled, Kip, it, he was pretty good, right? It doesn't matter the level that you... Kip Kristoff? Uh, yeah, and you talk about wrestling uh, family. I mean, his father, Olympian uh, of one of one of the heroes of our sport as well and and uh 
Yeah, uh, a great one. Another great one. And that's, that's what I love about this, though. I mean, that's, that's what's fun is you prepare and you prepare and you prepare and then you go out and you shake hands. You get to test yourself. You get to test your preparation. You get to see where you're at and what you need to improve on and what works, what's not working. And, and, uh, um, and it's a chess match uh, in a very physical way. Mm, very much so. Um, and when you, when you take all that into consideration, you know, all the hours spent, the fact that you were one of the last, if not the last Division II wrestler to compete at that tournament, when you think about the 90 Nationals and knowing that Friday morning you beat um, McCall- McAllister, right? Uh, we just said, yeah. Knowing you beat McAllister, you, you went back to your hotel, you had you know, probably five, six hours. What was, what was your kind of routine there to get yourself feeling good was it to not think about wrestling was it to think about it i mean take us back to your headspace in the hotel before the friday night semis in 1990 yeah no McAllister knocked the wind out of me uh he really did i i uh um uh, he was a stud uh, he was a good one and and i i think that's what's really interesting about the move that oklahoma state made with bringing pat into the lineup it wasn't that they didn't have somebody in there that wasn't a, a stud jeff was a stud um and uh, uh he was <laughs> he was a competitor so um but i think that's what makes everyone great you know that 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 match uh took a lot out of me i i um i don't know that i ever physically recovered uh the rest of that tournament after after the match with McAllister. Uh, he had this little little move he did off the top, come up, lock you up, and cinch you over, and and uh, it lights out. And um, uh, fortunately, I got through that match. A miracle, it really was a miracle. Uh, uh, but I, you know, I felt I felt after that match, my my reaction time was. Um, just not as sharp as it, it should have been, could have been. Um, that's why I said that tournament, right place, right time, everything kind of lining up. And wrestling's one of those sports where styles, you get different styles that match up with different styles and people have, uh, it makes it very interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. And uh, um, yeah, so you know, for me, it was trying to, trying to get myself rehydrated after making weight, try to get myself focused back in. Um, I, I think for me, the, 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 the way that I, the way that I wrestled, the way that I um, competed was never tried to compete against somebody, but really trying to compete here. What's going on in me. And, uh, um, you know, I always loved going over and shaking hands with my opponent before a match and saying, hey, let's, let's go put on a show for these folks. And because um, my job was to go out and to be the best I could be with what I've been given. That was my job. And uh, it wasn't, I didn't need to hate the person I was going to wrestle. I didn't need to have, uh, I didn't need any of that. I needed my head to be in, we're going to go wrestle hard. I'm going to put everything out there on the mat and, and uh, I hope my opponent does the same. And, and at the end of the day, people are excited about what they saw. 
and uh, and and that would help me get into the right frame of mind. Um, you know, and I I I I think loving to compete is important. And I can't think of a family that loved to compete more than the Smiths. <laughs> really, for, I mean, for real. And when it mattered, they were going to compete. And and they were consistent, and uh, um, you know what what an honor for me, huge honor, to to have been able to shake hands with with that family, and to be able to test myself. It's incredible, and the fact that you were as accomplished as you were, and just the just the tie-ins and wrestling, and I'm just never I'm never ceased to amaze at how small the wrestling world is, and all the connections with you and McAllister and just all this stuff. It's just, it's hard for me to imagine that it's all so connected. Um, you mentioned something earlier I wanted to come back to, and that's, you know, when you were training, you would think about your opponents just like anyone does. And Pat occupied some mental real estate there. So can you talk about any moments where you were training and, and maybe thought about him leading up to the, to the couple of times you wrestled? Yeah. Well, I think especially after, um, after that year, 1990, uh, in my, my plan was to come back 1991, 158 pounds. And, uh, we were going to, we we're going to do that battle all over again. Um, I, I actually changed uh, a lot of my wrestling, uh, uh strategy, uh, around, uh, with a focus of, of Pat wrestling him the next, next time I did wrestle him in the Sunkist open after, after the 1990, uh, and, and competed with them with some of the things that I'd kind of changed in my wrestling. And, and, uh, um, I, I think I, I think I beat him 10 to four or something like that. At, at, uh, oh, you beat him. This. So you're three and one against him. Yeah. I said, I wrestled him four times, but I'll only talk about three of them. Um, and so my plan was come back that next year. I, I saw some things that I'd changed and shifted and, and it seemed to work and it, pretty good strategy. And, and, uh, and then we started looking at that year in, in um, 91, our team was stronger in 91 with me up at 67. So I wrestled uh, for a big chunk of that year at 67 and, and was ranked number one at the division one level at 67 for a large portion of that, that season. And uh, Marlon sat me down and said, listen, for us to have the most success at Division II Nationals, um, we got a 58-pounder that's pretty, pretty, pretty solid. Um, and he would do better, have a better chance if you stayed up at 67. And he talked me into staying up, up a weight. And, uh, um, and I, I had spent the majority of that season preparing for Pat. So that was a whole nother little shift uh, for me that uh, changed. And, and, you know, I had a, had a decent tournament that year at 67. Um, uh, but, you know, I, 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 my focus had been that whole year was I, I was, I was going to go back and wrestle 58, wrestle Pat. And this is, this is what we're going to do. And, um, but, you know, the, those are some of the decisions and choices you make. And, and uh, um, you know, I think, I think the important thing in the midst of all of it was making a decision and you don't want to look back. And yet the temptation is always there in the, in the middle of the night when you wake up 
reliving some of these moments and these matches and decisions. Um, but those are the places where you also get to learn the most. Um, I, I, uh, um, I had a, a, a great finish to my career wrestling in, in that year. 91 was in Iowa and um, Pat would go on to win his second national title that year at 158. Um, I had a, a, a heartbreak match in the semifinals against Mark Ryland from Iowa. Of course. In Iowa, riding time, uh, lots, of, lots of things that I look and say, I don't know why that happened. And, you know, was the place going those, crazy? Oh, it was going crazy. Going crazy. <laughs> but I, one of the things that happened after that match, and I think Iowa, when they saw the finish of the match, you know, I, I, I gave Mark a hug, congratulated him. Um, um, because I, I put everything I had out on the mat and uh, things didn't go my way. And uh, what do you do? Your job's give 100%. You did it. It's over. Um, it didn't fall the way that you, you had planned. Um, the Iowa fans adopted me that year. Uh, people started carrying signs that said Portland State, Iowa. Every time I stepped on the mat, they gave me a standing ovation just for stepping on the mat. I remember getting a forfeit. They raised my hand. The place is on their feet cheering for me. Oh. Um, and interesting, I wrestled an Oklahoma State uh, guy uh, uh, that the Iowa fans loved me beating an Oklahoma State guy, uh, uh, which is a funny story in a way because, uh, you know, I, I, he's one of my favorite guys to compete against, and we had some great matches. A guy by the name of Ray Brinzer. Who would the next year transfer to Iowa and the Iowa fans would then embrace him. But that year he was the enemy because he's from Oklahoma state. And, uh, uh, the place went nuts when, when I wrestled Brinzer and, and beat him there, I think going for the third and fourth match, but, um, 91 is one of my but, favorite nationals. You know, those, those are great memories. I think coming out of the divisions two school. Yeah. Sorry, the, de the delay is vicious here, but I was just going to say, and, and I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. Yeah, 91 was fun because Iowa hadn't won in like four or five years. The Nationals were at Iowa. Um, you know, Tom Ryan and Pat Smith had one of the best matches I've ever seen. And so you were there as part of that. Have you ever watched, gone back and watched that one? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, I love this sport. And, you know, I, I love going back and looking at matches. I love watching the matches today. Um, I, I, wrestling, what a great sport. Really, what a great sport. The best. Um, it's been awesome to hear you talk about this. And I feel like this conversation's a little selfish because we're talking a lot about the, the documentary and there's so many stories I want to go into. Like when you came back from the, uh, from the airport, uh, your senior year, and you put your trophy in your apartment, then you laid down your floor and, kind of had a, a moment there and you kind of broke down and you realized how lonely life was. And I think a lot of champions feel that way. So I, I just wanted to ask if we could close down with that, talk us through that story and what happened. Yeah. After winning my fourth, fourth NCAA title, uh, at the division two level, I remember coming home, uh, every reporter in, in, you know, Oregon was there. Everyone wanted interviews. Um, those are fun moments. 
fun memories. I get done with my last interview and I look around and realize that my coaches, my teammates, they didn't want to raid around for me with all these interviews. So they went home. So I get in a taxi and I've got, I've got my, my, I've got my fourth NCAA title. I've got, you know, three of those years, I got the most pins in the least amount of time. And three of those four years, I was named the outstanding wrestler. So I had, I had all these trophies that, you know, this, this, this is what I worked for. And I remember sitting in the taxi thinking, I can't wait till I get home. I'm going to put this up on the wall. And I did it. And so I, 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 I taxi got me home. I rush up into to my apartment and I put the trophies up. And I started crying. I, I mean, I, 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 you know, realize if my life is about these trophies, if this is what my life is about, it's, it's not enough. Uh, there has to be something more than this. And, uh, um, you know, I had had great success as a, as a, as a wrestler, as an athlete. I, I, I made a lot of good decisions in life. Um, but I, I'd, I'd come to a place in, in my own life where, I, you know, part of me had just said to, to God, simply this, God, thanks, but no, thanks. I'm going to do life my way. And the truth was my way was pretty successful from a world standpoint, but from, uh, from, a, a heart standpoint, from what was going on inside, uh, it hit me that if, if my life was about these things that fade and these things that don't last, these things that um, that might have some value from a world perspective, but have no value from an eternal perspective. Um, I need I need to make a shift in my life and what's really important. And uh, and that was the night that I just I, I I laid on my floor and wept all night and and uh, just asked asked uh, God if 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 I could redirect the focus of my life not towards temporary things but towards eternal things. And, uh, and it really helped, I think, put things more in perspective and focus for me um, into doing, doing things um, um, with a renewed. I, I still wanted to be successful. I still wanted to go and compete and do well, but I wanted to do it for the right reasons, not for a trophy that sat on, on a wall, but for something that had a prize that was far greater than that. Awesome. Wow. I love that. And that, that alone could be an hour-long conversation, but... And I appreciate you sharing that. Dan Russell, it's been an honor, sir, to, to research you, read your book. Um, again, it's called Finish Strong, available on Amazon. Then you also have a website, battleground.tv, I believe it is. Um, it's, it's just been a real honor, sir. Uh, any last words before we let you go here? Love wrestling more than winning, and winning will take care of itself. There we go. Thank you very much, sir. You have a great evening. and. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Hey, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. And all great things must come to an end. If you want to hear more from the podcast, text WRESTLE to 555-888. That's WRESTLE to 555-888. You can also find us on Instagram, Wrestling Changed My Life, Twitter, Ryan underscore N underscore Warner, as well as our website, WrestlingChangedMyLife.com. Take care, y'all.